I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic in 2023. Happy New Year to everybody. I know last week was the best of my 2022 Uh, podcasts that I felt the five that called me the most or that I learned the most from, I think. And then I had uh, Lori Ladd the week before that, and I could have added that to my top five, but I hadn't had that out yet. So I, you know, there were so many in 2022. I mean, what a year of growth for me, the biggest year of growth. And I know 2023, the way I feel, you know, each day as this year has, you know, just begun, I feel this new sense of a different vibration. You know, I know we're all going through this transition and we're moving to this new dimension and I feel it. And I, I just, I get so excited when you can start something new and when you start a new year, it's like such a fresh beginning. And, you know, my morning routine is, is such a part of my life. But even on day one of this month, January 1st, it, I took it to the next level. And that's kind of how I'm going to look at each day in 2023. Like, how can I take it to the next level? And I just, you know, I wish for, you know, all of you to, you know, look at this new year as, you know, saying yes to everything, listening to your intuition and, you know, always like just going and doing. And, you know, when you just, when you lead by that, that sense of I'm just going to say yes to everything. That is that when I realize in my life that everything that I've done that with, even though there's a little fear there and you just push past it and you get better at it because you keep doing it, that is where the magic sauce is in life. And if I look back at 2022, I can see all the times that I had a little fear, but I pushed past it anyway and did it. That is when I can look back and say, oh, thank you that I listened to that voice. I promise you, if you can take that leap this year and do that and say yes, I will promise you magic moments will be every single day. You won't even be able to count them. I promise. But today's episode, beginning my 2023 interviews. And I have some in the queue that you're going to go, whoa, I am so excited about. This podcast has grown so much that it's becoming a little bit easier for me to reach out to people that, you know, a year ago, it wouldn't have been a yes. It probably would have been maybe not, maybe maybe someday, but now they're saying yes. So just wait till you see who's in coming up. It's so exciting to me to find these people and share them with you. And today's episode is with a woman that I found on Instagram. And I sometimes I 
I know that it's for a reason that when I run into somebody that I see speaking on a reel or a live, that really stops me and makes me listen. And that was her for sure. She's beautiful, young, and I could just tell she knew she's very intuitive. She studied shamanism, uh, Reiki, and she's just authentic and real. And I know you're going to love her as much as I did. But this year, when I look at 2023 and who I want to bring on here and really what I want to accomplish, you know, right now I see it as it's always as my growth. It's like my, you know, writing my book and seeing my growth as I look back at each episode and how much I grew from that person. I get so excited for that. And if we're not growing, we're dying, right? So I just, I look at 2023 as a year of the most growth as I did at 2022. I can't wait to experience every day with that mindset. And when I look at my programs and what I'm doing now to create the momentum with these classes and, and we go to my website, I have new programs that you can get on for nothing. And it's just, I just want everyone to experience life with this outlook that you can have magical moments in every single second of your life. If you realize that everything is for your highest good and it's all perfect. And I'm just excited about this new year. So thank you all for coming and being part of this journey with me and getting ready to start this new year together and see where this goes. And I just get excited for who I'm going to meet, who I get to help. And, you know, just being this, hopefully a beacon of light to lead whoever listens on a magical journey of learning and growing. But today, let me tell you a little bit about Rachel. She has a degree in professional community mental health counseling, and she has worked for many years in the mental behavioral health fields in a variety of roles. She has pursued alternative training as an intuitive medium, shamanic healer, and a Reiki master. Her experience has contributed to her deep belief that approaching a person's wellness from a holistic perspective, including the spirit or energy body, is absolutely necessary. So when you go to her Instagram and start following her like I did, you're going to go down her rabbit hole of her videos and they're so informative and she's just an amazing teacher. And I know you will all feel that way when you meet her. Before I get her on here, remember to go to my website. I have new programs. I'm still, you know, doing Raising Confidence for our teenagers and the Magic Path for Adults and Parents. And I'm going to have speakers on monthly and I'm excited about that. And we're going to have lives that we can have live calls that we can all learn from these great people that I brought onto this podcast, these amazing souls that will be, you know, we can ask questions one-on-one with. So go to my website, get on the mailing list so you can get all the information. DM me on Instagram, rate the podcast. I would, that means so much to me. It's grown exponentially beyond my wildest dreams for the last, I mean, it'll be three years in April that I've done this podcast. Haven't missed a week. So 
without further ado, I just would love to have you meet this beautiful soul, Rachel Burstbach. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you, Ashley. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, I am so excited to have you here and have met you and have gone down your rabbit hole. (laughs) And, you know, I always, when I was drawn to you on Instagram, I mean, you're beautiful. You are on these lives. And that's like I was saying before we push record that it, it inspires me. Because I see like this brave, you know, like you just push past your fear, like you just keep doing it. It's just repetition. And then it gets to be like, this is what I'm doing. And I, so I very, that you inspire me that way. But now that I've gone through pretty much every post on your Instagram yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, no wonder she was sent to me. And, you know, I, I guess I would love to understand, cause I don't know, mm-hmm. you know, I know you have a degree and a master's in therapy. Mm-hmm. Right. But yep. then how we evolved into the Reiki mm-hmm. and the shamanism and all that. Can we kind of give a brief thing before I have my Absolutely. Questions? Absolutely. So yes, I am trained as a mental health therapist. I have a master's degree in professional community mental health counseling. Although I'm not a licensed therapist, and I'll explain a little bit why about why I did not pursue licensure. So I actually got into energy healing on my own healing journey. So Reiki was one of the very first modalities that kind of came into my awareness after being on my own healing journey for many years in the traditional mental health world, pursuing traditional therapy. And I wasn't receiving the, I wasn't seeing the level of improvement that I felt that I should with the time I had spent. And so I kind of got to this point where I need something else. I just was not, I wasn't happy. You know, we could go over the whole host of symptoms I was feeling, but I I knew I needed something else. And so I had gotten connected with a woman who practiced Reiki. And within the first few sessions, I, my whole world really kind of shifted because this new aspect of life, of existence came into my awareness that I had never even heard of. And it really lit this fire within me to begin pursuing different types of healing modalities. And so it was really from my own healing that I explored Reiki. And then um, I got into shamanic healing, um, again, to heal myself. And so it was after several years of working on myself, also going to graduate school, working in that arena to get that degree, because I knew I wanted to be able to help people in a really professional capacity, but I knew I also wanted to tie in that those alternative practices as well. And so with my training in um, traditional mental health therapy, Reiki, shamanic work, intuitive work, I've blended it all together now to offer kind of a unique, a unique style of healing work. So here I am. (laughs) And here you are, but you, did you have a rough childhood? Yes, I did. I did. Um, Yes, very traumatic right from the get-go. I was born into a family that was not very cohesive. I should say we're all wonderful now. We've all done a lot of healing work and so we're great now, but I had a very rough life. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you know that was a gift because now you're doing what you were you came here to do. You you thank you. Thank you childhood, right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. And I I'm able to view it that way now. Because I see, you know, this larger picture of how all the pieces fit together. Because if I didn't have to heal, I never would have 
understood or even explored Reiki or shamanic work probably. Right, exactly. So, yeah. so now I'm thinking, okay, so you're a mom, I'm a mom. Yep. And I think, cause I'm at the, you're at the early age of two and five, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And I'm at 14 and 16. So their childhood is, you know, pretty much at the mm-hmm. end of the <laughs> spectrum. So I look at, we had a conversation the other day. Paige goes, gosh, my 16 year old, I really had a good childhood. I don't, I can't look back. And I'm like, thank you, God, you know, but you really, I didn't have them till I was 37 and 40. So, you know, as an older parent and done a lot of the work, hadn't, didn't have a great childhood. I mean, I had a great childhood for what I had. It wasn't like traumatic, but there was stuff that I always in my head thought I'm going to get older. I'm going to have it right. I'm going to have these babies and, you know, have them have this great childhood, right? Very intentional, you know? But when I hear her say that, how do you, what do you do now with your babies? Mm, Oh, well, I take this as the greatest honor to be a mother because I do view that they chose me to be their mother. And so they have been catalysts on my own healing journey as well, because I try to be very intentional with them as well, trying to make very conscious shifts in how I raise them as opposed to the way that I was raised. And so being a gentle parent is very important to me. Being a very present parent, really presence and compassion and grace. And I feel like those are some of the best gifts that we can give our children because I'm still learning alongside them, right? (laughs) They're still very young as well. You too, right? Every single stage of our children's lives brings with it a new opportunity for our own growth and development and learning about ourselves on an even deeper level. So I always try to continue to do my own work so that I can show up in the best way possible. Absolutely. Yes, um, for sure. And, you know, (laughs) you know, I look at my, you know, looking back at motherhood and when it began and being present was one of the Mm -hmm. things, like I never wanted to go back and say, shoot, or any kind of regret thing, right? Like I was always present. And I think now that when we get older, I, it's like you see the fruit of your labor. Mm-hmm. We're, we're so close. They're so, pre, you know, we're, we are in the moment a lot. And I mm-hmm. know we talk a lot about what I'm learning through the podcast and, you know, what I've learned in classes and we, I share with them, you know, the tools and everything. But when you teach that presence, because they do what you do, not what you say. Right. Oh, and yes. when I'm present, you know, and I really is embody that. I think that's probably the biggest gift in my mind of mm. what I could give to them. Absolutely. Well, and I love what you said. Uh, it really is about modeling for them because we could say all that we want to, but if we're behaving in a different way, what a conflicting message that sends. So it really is live the way that you would like to demonstrate. Right. For sure. Right. Totally. Okay. So <laughs> now I want to get into Reiki. So yeah. I... I used to have a day spa when I was your age. Okay. And I started it with the fake it till you make it mode. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I had all these healers come. I had breath work. I mean, that was, I'm you know, 20 something years ago. So, mm-hmm. you know, I had all these, I had Reiki masters come in and do Reiki healing. And, and now when I look back and I think, huh, that, you know, it just, you know, Qigong teachers in the, on the weekends, you know, it just, mm-hmm. all, it was all, I was attracting it. I see now now I had a period in my life where I had children, but it came back to me here in the, having the podcast and where I'm searching now. But the Reiki thing, what, how you go into it, I think it just opened me today when I was reading oh. about 
like the different chakras and how I know they all relate to something. And I've always known that I can Mm -hmm. see you sitting in your bedroom or wherever with the colors and the balls and everything and sitting there and doing a meditation and grounding and sitting down and opening your posture. But will you explain to me really like, why do you think you were drawn to Reiki? And what do you feel like when you help people Mm -hmm. with that? Are they, it's a lot of trauma, a lot of wounds Mm -hmm. that you're clearing. Yes, absolutely. So I definitely feel that Reiki is something that can benefit everybody. Absolutely. Because Reiki is really, Reiki is a term for universal life force energy. So that's something that's flowing within all of us. And so it's, it's sort of like when we get to a point on our journey, there is something within us that kind of awakens that then I suppose does attract that, that does attract that healing modality. And so most of the people that come to me, very similarly to my own experience, it's like, I'm looking, I need something else. Some, it's like they wake up from this human experience and they know there is something else. And so Reiki is almost that, it almost gives you a sense of remembering that life force within you. And it weight awakens something and it kind of stirs this energy that then begins to move through your being. And so if we speak about the chakras and it starts to kind of awaken those in a different way than when we're not focused on our spirit, or we're not focused on that energetic piece of healing. So I feel that everybody kind of comes to Reiki at a point in time where they're ready to receive it because they're ready to kind of recognize that within themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. But so when you go deeper into that, because I I don't know if we should talk about the shamanism and that connected, because I know that you use them both indirectly or directly. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, so I use, when I do a shamanic healing session, I definitely weave Reiki into that. But when I do Reiki, they're very different types of healing modalities, I'll say. But the commonality between the two is that we're working with spirit, right? We're working with We're working within our energy bodies, but we're also inviting in our spirit guides, our higher selves. So that's kind of the common thread between the two. And so when you now with this becoming a shaman? So I call myself a shamanic practitioner, Okay, uh, but it is definitely something that I have, I would say, have dedicated many years to learning different healing modalities. So I feel that somebody kind of becomes a shaman after many years of dedicating themselves to the work and dedicating themselves kind of to a way of life. So it's almost a title that you earn that other people give you. Like other people will call you a shaman when your life really kind of aligns in a certain way, Hmm. right? So there, does that make sense? (laughs) Yes. And so when you found your shaman, what, when you were searching for healing, what, Mm -hmm. where did you find, what were you, what, what did you learn in that? That was like, whoa, I have got to do this. So, oh man, this was such a profound <laughs> experience for me um, because, so I'm going to share, there's a, a practice within shamanic work called soul retrieval. And I know kind of right off the bat, that is a fairly intimidating term, right? But it's essentially bringing all these pieces of our soul back to us that we, that become fragmented after trauma. And so when we're focusing on healing just within kind of this traditional mental health world or just within the traditional medical field, we're missing that soul piece. And so when we experience trauma, something happens on a soul level. 
And so with shamanic work, it's we're going in on a deeper level and we're retrieving these aspects of our consciousness that have kind of fragmented from trauma. And so that was very profound for me because it was almost like 10 years of therapy within two sessions. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so I, I definitely knew, okay, I have to learn how to do this for myself. I need to know how to do this for other people because all of these years of suffering, really, I found such relief within a short period of time with shamanic work. And so... Like what? What does it look like? Like what really, what's relief mean? What does that that's mean? A, that's a great question. So before I began shamanic healing, I was so incredibly anxious. I actually had complex post-traumatic stress disorder. So I had incredible social anxiety, just incredibly low self-esteem, highly depressed. I was suicidal. I was under like active addiction, really just had a very low quality of life. And so shamanic work helped me find a quality of life. Truly, it helped me to understand that at my core, I was worthy, right? So I had this inherent sense of unworthiness from all these years of trauma. And shamanic work helped me remember that, that I didn't need to be defined by my trauma. And so I could begin kind of reworking those beliefs that I had about myself, about the world, about other people, so that I could show up in a very empowered way. So my anxiety decreased. I wasn't depressed anymore. I wanted to live. I wasn't. Yeah, I stopped using substances. And so I do want to say it was over a period of time that I had the most significant improvement, but just feeling like I wanted to live was so significant. And that's what I really got back within the first few sessions. So to me, that was (laughs) profound. Oh my gosh. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah. So it's using sound, it's using breath, it's using rattles and animal. Yes. So shamanic work uses all of that. It's, I feel that the most important thing that I can say about shamanic work is that it's using our spiritual helpers as well, our spiritual team. So we go into a session and we call help. We call for help. We call for backup because we know that we're, we're here in these human bodies and we're having this human experience, but there is a very real spirit world around us and they're here to support us and help us if we call upon them. And so a shamanic practitioner or a shaman is engaging their intuition to communicate, to retrieve information from the spirit world that we can then bring forth into our human experience. And so meditation, using the rattle, using breath work, connecting with our animal guides, Yes, that's all all part of it. There's so many different facets of shamanic work. When you say animal guides, is it where you it comes to you? Like you realize who, like when you're talking in one, something about a snake, like if it was a snake, you would be scared of a snake. But if it came to you in your vision? This is interesting because I definitely feel that the spirit animal comes to us. It's not something that we choose. So for instance, if we wanted to go on a power animal retrieval journey. We would go into a meditative state and we would allow the spirit of that animal to come to us. And so if a snake came to you and you are initially kind of afraid of a snake, that is actually something very profound because it's almost like this animal is coming forward with its medicine to help you shift your perception. So it always takes a little bit of reflection about that symbol. And 
about the medicine of the spirit of that animal, why that would be coming to you, because it's different for every person, every single person. So you then begin kind of working with that, the spirit of that animal to understand what the gift or the lesson or the message is. Yeah. So if I was to work with you, we would get into meditation and it would be whatever animal came to me first in my mind's Mm -hmm. eye, basically. Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes, definitely kind of using your intuition. It would come to you that way. And you you say you're an intuitive healer, Mm -hmm. intuitive. Have you always been intuitive? I mean, we all are intuitive. You've just learned how to tap into that as you've learned all this. That's right. Yep. So it's funny because if you would have told me that I'd be doing this work when I was a child, I would have laughed (laughs) because although I was absolutely fascinated with this metaphysical world, I didn't feel that I had any kind of intuitive gifts. It was, I had had a few experiences in my life of saying something that I had received intuitively and being kind of silenced, we'll say. And so I think I kind of shut any of that down, but it was through my own healing that my intuition and my like mediumistic capabilities really opened up. Yeah. So kind of, I would say probably when I was about 23 is when I really started to tap into it intentionally and started to study it and hone that, those skills. And it's through meditation. So I would say meditation is very important because it helps us to become very aware of what our energy is, what our own soul essence feels like, so that we're then more understanding of intuitive information that comes in to our field. So meditation, but also there are a lot of practices that we can do that help us refine our different intuitive skills as well. So I've studied with teachers. I've had about two or three different teachers over the last several years, but meditation is a really good place to start. You also talk about relationships and twin flames. And Hmm. now that I understand that you're married, to heal the trauma, to get into a healthy relationship and meet your soulmate, Mm -hmm. I don't know, is it your twin flame? (laughs) Oh, this is a great question. Yeah. So, okay. So my husband and I, he and I actually met when I was, I was 18, 18 or 19 years old and I'm 32 now. So he, I, I really, he's a wonderful, wonderful human being. I feel that he was a huge catalyst for helping me to heal. And so I feel that he is definitely one of my soulmates. Absolutely. So my understanding of twin flames, I think is a little bit different than a lot of people's because I think so this is me coming from the traditional mental health world. Right. <laughs> I'm trying to bridge my understanding of these spiritual connections that we have. I feel that we have so many significant relationships within our lives that it's hard to say that one is more significant because if we look at it from a higher perspective, each relationship is really teaching us something. And so we choose these people before we're born, before we incarnate to learn things with. And so I know that I chose my husband, Joe. I know that he and I chose each other to be married, to have babies together, to really grow up together. I mean, so I'm 32 now. We were 18. Right. But the way that I view twin flames, I don't know if I believe in twin flames in the way that most people speak about them, as in half of a soul. The way that I kind of understand twin flames to be from this traditional mental health perspective, it can be two people who really mirror wounds back to one another. And so this relationship feels so intense because you have come into each other's lives 
to be such significant catalysts for healing. And that all often feels tumultuous. And so what I've seen is that a lot of people within this twin flame dynamic have a lot of trauma. And so sometimes it can be kind of like a codependent relationship in a way. And so I always like to use the term twin flames kind of with that little cautionary (laughs) message because sometimes twin flame relationships can be kind of uh, relationships that resemble twin flame relationships, the way they're spoken about can actually be kind of abusive or even toxic. I want to say it's this like push pull dynamic Mm -hmm. where I don't necessarily know if that's healthy. Right. right? And so I think people have to really approach it with a very open mind to understand, is this really a relationship where we're serving one another's growth in a positive way? Or are we enmeshed within this kind of codependent relationship because our wounds are magnetized to one another and are we living out kind of a trauma bond mm-hmm. so, right yeah yeah <laughs> but you know like because relationships are our biggest teachers absolutely and our limiting beliefs that you know you talk a lot about your self-talk and the worthiness and then it connects to the chakras and I'm like but within your relationship or mm-hmm. in a relationship and you know we come into it with all these our childhood trauma you know and then you come together and it's it's going to be this big lesson that you've chosen to, to do right. together if you understand that. But will you explain the triggers? I mean, you talk a lot about, that's my, I love helping people with limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. I love understanding to be, you know, like in a relationship and realize, oh, that's, I'm not going to react to that. That's not me, you know, mm-hmm. really cleaning my, my inner whatever yeah. self <laughs> out. Right. So the triggers become you know, very far and few between. Right. Absolutely. And I completely agree with that. I think our relationships are our biggest teachers. And so we really come into relationships too that often resemble relationships we had growing up with our family. And so from my experience, Joe, my husband, is like the very first stable, healthy man (laughs) that I kind of experienced. And so he and I had actually a very kind of challenging start to our relationship because there were so many triggers because I didn't really know what a healthy relationship was. I'd never really seen that modeled. I had never had that in my own life. And so it took me a lot. It took us a lot of working together to communicate when we're feeling triggered so that we could work through it because otherwise it's just fighting because we're both coming to the relationship with different perceptions of what a relationship is like based on our lived experience. And so if people aren't kind of open to communicating and open to working through some of that discomfort, our triggers can be really, they can almost like repel us in a way because yeah, we really are reflecting these wounds to one another. But again, then if we work through that, we can really grow together. Mm. Yeah. Are you too like that? Is he on the same, like wants to grow and just like, Oh yes. Oh yeah. yeah. So Yeah. I mean, he and I have been, we've been married for almost 10 years. And so um, it's been kind of a, a consistent dedication to one another to continue to grow because we continue to change as people and new things come up, especially after having children, that brings a whole new flavor into the mix, (laughs) but we're very dedicated to that with one another to growing together. So communication, learning that has been very important. Yes. I 
I'm all about that. Okay, I want to talk more about the shamanism because I find that fascinating. And I know there's the soul retrieval. There's five different levels of something. Soul loss. Yes. So things that can contribute to soul loss. Yes. And what is soul loss first? That's a great question. (laughs) So, So soul loss is essentially, we can kind of think of it like, if we, we come into this life with a full battery and over time we experience things that kind of chip away at our sense of personal power. And so over time, if we have such a low level of our personal power, we're going to essentially kind of like lose a piece of us is what it feels like. And again, we have to kind of expand our minds to be open-minded about this. This isn't something we often speak about in traditional mental health or medical field, but when we experience trauma or anything painful or anything that feels like a threat to our survival, a part of our consciousness kind of goes and hides. We can think of it kind of going into the subconscious. So we're not really operating with our full life force. And so that can bring up a whole host of issues, fatigue, anxiety, depression. I mean, all of these things that seem to be kind of really prevalent nowadays can be a sign of soul loss, which is when we're not, we're not operating with the full battery. We'll say that's the best way I can, I can kind of explain it. So um, to heal, we want to bring those pieces back. We want to recharge our batteries. We want to reestablish our sense of self and our sense of personal power. So that's what soul loss is. So Things that can contribute to soul loss. We have something called power loss, which is essentially when we are kind of giving our power away to other people or other people are kind of taking it. And so this is where the concept of boundaries is very, very important, where the concept of our sense of self is very important. Because if we're kind of allowing people to like take advantage of us in a way, And that can happen for a lot of different reasons, but they're kind of taking our power, right? Or we're allowing our power to be taken and that depletes our life force. Okay. So that was power loss. And then I did kind of speak about another one in there. People can kind of take our energy. So that's a second way that we can experience soul loss. We can also experience soul loss once again, from like a very significant trauma or trauma over time. So um, that can be um, experiencing a family where you're neglected, where you're physically abused. Sexual abuse is a very, very significant cause of soul loss. So really significant trauma. We can also experience soul loss just kind of from our generational trauma. So we kind of come into this experience already with things within us that are preventing our full expression in a way. So generational trauma. Oh man, and now I'm on the spot here and I can't remember what the fifth. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I probably wrote them down, but it's all good. I, I mean, we get the, I get it. Just, yeah. But what, what just came into my mind is, you know, we're moving our, we're moving into this, they people call new earth, ascension, and, you know, people are healing, but I look at what you're doing as part of that ascension, as part of mm-hmm. people getting rid of their, you know, bringing back their their souls, mm-hmm. you know, that they've lost from the traumatic childhood or whatever during their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And explain how 
because I talk, I always ask this because I've, I remember like two years ago, I interviewed somebody and it was like the first time this podcast went, went out in 2020. So it was like at the beginning of this whole new earth or whatever transition. But when I hear people like you and why, where you're coming from and you know, I'm attracted to you on Instagram and then I start following you and I have these other people, Breathwork. I had a couple other shamans that I've interviewed on here. Are those, these souls that came, you picked to come at this time with these, these tools or this, these gifts Mm -hmm. to help ascend this population, this earth into the next dimension, into the 5D? Do you Mm -hmm. see it that way? Absolutely. I I absolutely think that there is a divine hand at play within the things that we're experiencing now. And I feel that collectively, every single person on this earth right now has chosen to be here right now for their own soul's growth, but also to help the collective grow and expand. And so everybody is serving a very important purpose in that. And I definitely do feel that we're seeing a rise in interest within some of these healing modalities, these alternative healing modalities, just an interest in metaphysics and spirituality, because people are really waking up to the fact that there's so much more to us than just our human experience. So I feel like everything is kind of going on schedule. (laughs) Sometimes we also have to experience major upheaval to shake things up so that people kind of stop and evaluate how things are going and then reevaluate how they want to move forward. And that's really what I'm seeing play out right now. Yeah. I mean, in a major way. <laughs> in a major way. And yeah. I've, um, you know, the guests that I've had on here have been, people would say, wow, where'd you find her? I said, like you, like, and I just know it's like I'm being led on my path and I'm being led to, I'm sure mm-hmm. this podcast was an inspired thought and from my higher self that said, this is, you're going to be your avenue to help share mm-hmm. these beautiful people that are here to move the world to the next level. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that. And I see it more and more as I keep, um, every week goes by. It's like, I haven't missed a week of this podcast. It's like a full on passion. I love it so much. And I see like meeting you and how much I learned from you just for the last few days, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like, gosh, you've really elevated my soul. And I mm-hmm. understand, you know, why you came into my life and mm-hmm. how I can use even what you did with, I mean, just right yeah. here at home with yes. my girls, with my children, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I love that. Well, and I really think that every connection that we have is significant, even if we can't see it, even though even the person that held the door open for you at the coffee shop, there's something within that really, truly. And so I do feel like we're all brought to each other at the right time for the right reason. And sometimes we don't see that beautiful lesson until years later, but even the people even the people that we connect with where it's not very pleasant, (laughs) I feel like sometimes that can that can even be a very significant meeting as well. Oh, for sure. Gosh, yeah. I look at I look at people so differently in the last couple of years than I've ever even mm-hmm. thought I would. I mean, I just, you know, at Pilates and we're on the machine and I'm looking at these people going, we all picked, we all, they're all these souls. They all chose to be here at this time, just like I did. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all on our own journeys. But yeah, I, I have these like my conversations in my head or at the yeah. grocery store, you know, it's like, I'm like thinking, gosh, you know, and I'm watching the clerk at the, you know, like thinking what's almost like trying to 
no, just like connect with her energy. Mm-hmm. So sure. much, much more intentional, believe me. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I want to talk about how you talk about feminine. Cause I, you're so feminine. Oh, yeah. And there's yeah. so many, you know, like, I feel like the world is, we needed, we had lacked the feminine. I know we've talked, I've talked to a few people that were like moving mm-hmm. more toward the feminine and less mm-hmm. the mother earth, right? Mm-hmm. Or, right. Will you talk about that? Absolutely. So just like what you said, I feel like right now we're seeing a rise within this feminine. I mean, if we look back within like United States history specifically, women have been suppressed all throughout the world. Women are very, very suppressed. And so we have to understand, and at least this is from my perception, my belief system, what I've learned, we, we really have two aspects within our energy. We have a masculine and we have a feminine. So within every single person, we have those two streams of energy. And so some of us choose to kind of physically embody one or the other, but all of those characteristics are within us in some way. And so we have to have a balance of the two to truly be healthy. And so, oh, you know, we could, we could go through a list of what it means, what the masculine characteristics are, what the feminine characteristics are, but we do have to have that balance. And so what's kind of interesting right now, we're seeing this uprise of like feminine or the yeah feminine energy kind of reclaiming power here. It's that power of being embodied, the power of um, the emotions. So not just intellect and the mental space, but also the physical aspects being really in tune with our bodies here. And so that, you know, often looks like healthy sensuality, healthy emotional expression. Yeah. There's some, this can be a very deep job, very deep topic once we kind of jump into it, but we really need a healthy expression of both. We need that balance of masculine and feminine of, I think the best way that I can kind of describe it is not detaching and just being purely in our mind and in our intellect, but it's honoring emotions, honoring the expression, compassion, being gentle, but also feminine energy can be fierce and protective like a mother would be. Right. Right. And so I feel like that's really shifting in the world right now, too. What does it mean to have a feminine expression? Are we in tune with our bodies? Are we in tune with the earth and honoring, honoring Mother Earth as we are not just inhabitants of the earth, but we're like part of nature. (laughs) And so to me, that's also what honoring the feminine is all about as well. Nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the powers of kind of creation that we, and we all are our own creators in a way. So it's honoring that aspect of ourselves as well, being creators. Yeah. I love that. That's a great way to look at that. And I think, you know, I, I've been, um, this, I interviewed, um, this guy that was so amazing and he talked about, you know, nature and, you know, you go outside and I love, I have to be outside and why I live in San Diego, even though it rained the last two days, I'm still outside, (laughs) but I'm now connecting with the trees more and listening to the trees. That's part of shamanism, the, the rocks. Absolutely. Explain that. Cause how do you, what's your practice in that? Like, what do you learn from being a shaman when you go out in nature? So from a shamanic perspective, everything has a life force because everything is part of spirit. So not just humans, 
but everything that we can see in creation, animals, trees, rocks, have a life force. And so we treat them as such. We treat them as having sovereignty, similarly to how you would interact with a person. You would respect their free will. You would respect their life force and their soul as an expression of God. That's kind of the way I like to view it. And so I always, the way that I kind of work with nature within my own practice is having reverence for the land that I'm on. So talking to the piece of land that I'm on and thanking the land for allowing me to be here because I don't own this. I'm here and we're going to kind of work together. But nature has its own kind of healing force. Just like we connect to our spirit guides, we can connect to the spirits of mother nature here. So when we use crystals, we're, we, I feel that we often have a tendency to just look at them as having a vibration, but why is that? Because it has a spirit. It can't talk to us with (laughs) the way that we talk to humans, but if we tune into it, we can receive messages through its vibration. And so um, I always just try to kind of focus on that when I'm using an element of earth in my practice, it's we're working together. I'm not controlling you or forcing you to work with me. It's I'm asking you through this reciprocity. So before I do any kind of work as well, I'll often give an offering to the land that I'm on. And that can be a lot of different, a lot of different things. I'll give, you know, Reiki to the land. I will just even saying prayers over the land, showing gratitude. What I often do when I have flowers, I if they're starting to kind of wilt, I give them back to the land. So it's this, I guess that's really mm. important balance of reciprocity, this giving and this taking of, I don't have power over you. We're here working in partnership because I honor your life force. Right. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I mean, <laughs> just to like, you know, for people to understand that, you know, I even, yeah. yeah, I just look, it's so, it's such a beautiful way to be on this earth when you have that mm. um, yeah. understanding. I love it. You talk about top world, middle, and a lower? The upper world, the middle world, and the lower world. Yeah. yeah. So explain that. Yeah. So within a shamanic perspective, there is so much going on outside of this physical world. So the upper the upper world would be considered, some people might refer it to as the heavenly realm, the angelic realm, where our spirits go when we leave this physical earth. And so we can always connect to the beings within that upper world for help, for support. And so the upper world is also then kind of divided into different layers, but we we won't go into that. But that's essentially the world of beings that have crossed over from our physical existence. And so the middle world is kind of this overlay of our physical world. So we could kind of communicate with the spirits of nature when we're in the middle world. You can kind of think of anything that would be here in the physical world. It's spirit is kind of inhabiting that middle world. And then the lower world is, so it's very important to make the distinction that the lower world is not the same as like the underworld, as in hell from like a religious context. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it can even be like the deeper forces of nature, um, animal spirits, things like that. But if we look at it from the level of the human mind or the psyche, we have the lower world can kind of be like the subconscious. So all of those things that are not within our conscious awareness, but that are still very much within our energy bodies. So 
from a shamanic perspective, I work within the lower world a lot with my clients because it's very similar to like the subconscious realm. Mm -hmm. So we can kind of go to that to understand traumas and things that have influenced our energy to retrieve parts of us that have fragmented from trauma to bring them back. So yeah, so the middle world is also very important to that this can kind of be an area of illusion in a way. <laughs> so we always like to kind of work in the upper world or the lower world when we're doing meditations, because my teacher actually described it to me once that the upper world and the lower world have bouncers or like gatekeepers <laughs> that, uh-huh. that only allow certain spiritual beings to kind of inhabit or visit those places. And so the middle world is kind of a free for all. You know, even if you think of like ghosts, things like that, it can be spirits and energies that are just kind of roaming about. So still can be very important to go to the middle world to retrieve information and to communicate with different spirits. But each level has their own purpose there. You would go to a different level to retrieve a different kind of information or communicate with a different spirit. But that's what you're you're doing that with your client and working with. And that's how you reference, you use the top, the upper, middle, and lower. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I would do a meditation or we call it a shamanic journey to go into an altered state of consciousness to retrieve information from either of those layers of existence Mm -hmm. and communicate with the different beings in those layers, levels. And communicate with the beings. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so the higher, like this, the, you say the highest one is the spirit, the souls that have been removed from their bodies. Sure. They're human. Okay. So you can communicate. My dad passed away. Would you mm-hmm. communicate uh, with yep. my grandma? World. Yep. You go, go to, to the, the upper world. world. Mm-hmm. Yep. So essentially I think. Like a, a medium? To, yes. Can you mm-hmm. do that? Yeah. Because of all this. I mean, I know everyone can do it. Yes. I've definitely put many, many years of practice into my mediumship. So healing myself so that I can be a clear vessel for this information. Because if you think of the upper world as having a very high vibration, in order to connect with that, we have to be able to meet that. But then they also have to lower theirs a little to meet us. So it's a partnership once, once again. But in order to raise my vibration, I've had to do a lot, a lot of healing, but I've also had to, de- I've also had to dedicate myself to learning about my unique intuition so that I can understand that language so that I can communicate with spirit. So it's, yeah, everybody can do it. I definitely think that they can. It can just take some intentional practice, I think. Right. <laughs> so the soul loss, when you get all those fragments back in, is that the mm-hmm. ultimate goal? Like right now, are all your frags, are you full battery charge? <laughs> I Well, so this, that's a great question because throughout our life, it's very, very common to have several pieces missing. And so it's kind of like a, a consistent process of always making sure you're living your truth, that you are acting out of integrity so that you can maintain all those pieces. So I definitely feel like today, as opposed to when I started, I feel like I'm operating with a a full deck of cards, we'll say. (laughs) I definitely feel that way. But 
you know, I'm going to continue to live my life and I could continue to experience certain traumas. And so shamanic work is great because we have these tools to go to when things happen. So I also like to think of shamanic work as a preventative practice so that we are staying healthy, so that we're more resilient and able to move through and heal from traumas so that we're not necessarily experiencing such a significant level of soul loss. So, yeah. I get that. So if let's say you didn't have children and you didn't have a husband and you just had one day to yourself, Mm -hmm. what are your practices? Like, what do you do to honor all the work that you've done? Yes. Honor yourself. Honor yourself. Yeah. So I, I love continuing to read and continuing to learn about spiritual concepts, healing modalities, but I also like to move my body and be really physical, physically active to honor my, yeah, honor my vessel, my body also tuning into that feminine energy. So I really actually love spending time by myself because I do love meditating. I love connecting with my own essence and I guess practicing that self-care. Yeah, that's, that's what a great, a great day by myself would look like is continuing to work on myself (laughs) through reading (laughs) and meditation and physical work. I think that's, that's definitely interwoven, I think, into my everyday. (laughs) Do you teach your girls yet to meditate? Oh, yes. And the wonderful thing is that they're learning it at school too. And so, yeah, we, over Thanksgiving, I was celebrating with my husband's family. We have a huge, huge family. And my daughter, my five-year-old walked outside and she said, I just need to take some breaths. (laughs) So she sat down in the the grass and was breathing and meditating. And I often see her coaching my my two-year-old through breathing when they're getting kind of frustrated. But I definitely, definitely teach them that teach them to meditate. We, I teach them about spirit. I teach them about their own spirits. So we always have a little bedtime routine as well, where we connect in with spirit. We say thank you and give gratitude for our lives and for the day. What does it look like when you connect with um, your spirits? Like when you, you talked about this in a video on Instagram that I was watching, you know, like giving them their, they have a story, each Mm -hmm. little, you know, we're, we're protected and guided, but explain, how would you explain that? So every soul that we connect with, every spirit guide, they are their own essence, just like we are here, although they don't have bodies. And so they've lived lifetimes, many, many lifetimes. And so I always think of honoring them, again, with that sense of reciprocity, that giving and that taking. So as opposed to me just trying to constantly connect with them for information, I sit in meditation and I allow them an opportunity to also speak to me and to just show my gratitude. And so sometimes that just looks like sitting in silence or saying prayers of gratitude to them, specifically like my ancestors who I wouldn't be who I am without, right? So honoring the story of my lineage and how I've gotten to be where I am today. And so I I like to dedicate a, a bit of time every day to honoring them in that way. And often that just looks like sitting in silence and reverence for them and the work that they continue to bring into my life. Right. Is it clairaudient? How do you hear? Do oh, you hear? I'm primarily clairsentient, which is clear feeling, but also claircognizant, which is clear knowing. So I often just have this sense of understanding something, but then this clear feeling, it's I'll have 
an emotion come up that helps me understand. And so I kind of weave them all together. So clear audience is probably the lowest one on my level of ability or skill, but I'm also very clairvoyant. So I see a lot. So you see, you can see what, what do you see? What does it look like? (laughs) Great. So the thing about clairvoyance, it's not actually very common to see things with your physical eyes outside of you. It often appears as if you're using your imagination. So a picture in your mind's eye, almost like a movie, but spirit speaks to us through metaphor, through symbol, through our own memories. And so this is where it takes a little bit of practice to decipher your own clairvoyant abilities because your symbols are different than other people's. And so often it often takes a little bit of piecing them together and interpreting what spirit is trying to convey to you through these messages and then sharing that in a way that is cohesive and (laughs) people can understand. Man, you're, I mean, I really could sit here for two more hours. You're amazing. I just am so happy that I got to meet you. I was so excited. Tell so we can find you on Instagram at insights. Insights with Rachel, just just like that. No special characters, no additional letters or numbers. Yeah, because they have all those all those people that are out there. Yeah. Lots of fake, fake accounts out there. So and then your website. So my website you can also find on my page, but that is illuminate intuitive insights llc.com. Okay. Yeah. What would be one of Rachel's last words of inspiration that you'd want to share that just comes to you? Your journey and your life is purposeful and you are not here by accident and you are leaving a legacy and everybody that you come in contact with benefits from experiencing you. And so I hope that you're able to honor and appreciate that your unique mission here on earth. You have a purpose. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Thank you. Oh, it's so fun. Thank you, Ashley. Thank you so much. We're in each other's lives now. You can't escape me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.